welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Chris Chusa, and this is Charlie Bradbury. Welcome back to episode 8 of the Midas Touches. Very exciting episode coming for you guys this week. We've got Jess Stafford joining us later on to talk about their superstar staying hurdler, Buzz. More of that later on. A little look back at last week where we had Jamie Radford on who was such a good guest to have on because of his actually really extensive knowledge of horse racing. Some analysis uh, that even me and Charlie were uh, sort of very envious of. Didn't, didn't do much for his tipping though, sadly. No, the uh, the method was all there. The, um, the, end the, end, the end product, maybe not quite, but I'm sure he'll be back on in the future. Anyway, let's look at the racing this week. We're going to be coming live from Ascot with three races, the 225, the long walk hurdle, the three o'clock, the silver handicap chase and the 335, which is a very exciting hurdle race. And then we're also going to be looking at a race at Lingfield on the flat, the listed Quebec stakes, where we've got a pretty strong selection, which you might remember from an earlier episode. Let's move on to the first race which is the biggest race of the weekend the one that jess is going to be talking about later on and that is the 225 at ascot the long walk hurdle so buzz heads the market at two to one time hill 11 to four ronald pump at sixes champ 15 to two paisley park at tens alongside thomas darby who was victorious last time on the blind side at 18s listenigar oscar the stairs held a champion from 2019's uh, 2019 at 28 and third win at 40 to one. Um, what do you see here? Obviously, Jess is going to talk a bit more about it uh, later on. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, well, I, I don't want to spoil too much of what Jess will say later in the podcast, but I don't want to go. I don't basically want to go disagree with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just because I'm being respectful of uh, our guest, which obviously I want to be as well, but she makes a very strong case for Buzz. Uh, Buzz is a lovely horse by the sounds of it, uh, and we know what Buzz can do. There's obviously a slight question mark, I guess, over what Buzz can do at this grade and against the better horses, but everything to date has probably shown that that Buzz has the potential to be a really, really good horse, and so. Look, for that reason, I will not be opposing him. Yeah. And uh, I will I will put up Buzz. Nice. So, yeah, that's I also, I'll add to that. I think that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether Buzz stays or not at, um, obviously, this, this trip of three miles. Uh, and actually, I think in this race this weekend, we might not even need to see if he stays because it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of pace on. Uh, and for that reason, I feel like we might not even need to see if Buzz actually can stay. His speed, the class, should actually carry him through. And it might be that the first time we actually test his staying capabilities is in the stairs hurdle in March. Okay, so first race done. It's Buzz for both me and Charlie. That partly, was easy. Yeah, partly because of um, not wanting to make it awkward with Jess, but also <laughs> the fact that we do think that this race actually could suit him quite well. Let's move on to the next race, which is the two o'clock at Lingfield, 
the Betway Quebec Stakes, one mile, two furlongs. Uh, we currently don't have a market for this, but looking through this race, we think we've been able to sort of uh, decipher who's going to be where in the market. Um, and we're both in agreement here as well. We've, we've This week, we've sort of looked at the selections together. So um, hopefully there'll be some strong ones uh, which come out on top. Charlie, I'll let you lead with your selection here. Yeah, nice. Thank you. So basically, as Tris mentioned there, we were going through the cards together and sort of trying to agree on a horse. What we did for this one, I, at the start of it, I was like, look, I know you're not going to like me, but I want to tip up Dubai Warrior again. Because basically for the, all the same reasons why I tipped up Dubai Warrior last time, Dubai Warrior loves Lingfield, has won three times this course in distance and at the grade as well, I think, all three times. So it's actually, or has in the past, been a strong um, selection. The one caveat, of course, is that moving over to David Lochnan, he hasn't really done very much thus far. Yeah, yeah I guess, yet. But exactly yet, and I think that's I think that's the big point. Like yet, yeah. that that run last time was very good against Power Driver, and Power Driver's a bloody good horse. So like, you know, I think we can we can upgrade that, or you know, we we can take that performance um, to be a very good one. And also, it's important to know, I guess, that he came off a very slow pace as well. He came from the back off a very slow pace and was making up ground at the end. I feel his... it wasn't the best ride, was it, from, from Rich Kingscote? Actually... No, he was too far off the pace. And, he, and, and he's the, been the able to win off to the go, front before. So. The horse wanted to go faster, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He was pulling all the way and he finished the, the race off really strongly, as did Felix. But our th- our, So basically, we sort of, we went through the whole card, looked at every horse and decided that it was either Felix or Dubai Warrior. We love that race against Power Driver and we're going to want to choose one of the two. I think, and we're this is a slight assumption on our part, but we're assuming, given that Felix finished third and Dubai Warrior finished fifth, that Dubai Warrior would be a bigger price in the market. And it could be, you know, two or three points bigger, but there's certainly not that much to suggest that he should be two or three points bigger in the market, if that makes sense. The one other thing I think to consider, and we don't... Oh, no, wait, we've got draws now. Okay, fine. He's drawn two. He's drawn two and, and three. Felix in three. Yeah. It's, okay, it's okay. going to be tricky. Fine. But, like, we wanted uh, an inside draw because he was drawn in the car park last time. So we're glad that he's drawn two for this. Yeah. I, I, I think I think that it's likely that Buzz... Uh, that Buzz, that um, <laughs> Dubai Warrior will go off a fair bit bigger or will open up a fair bit bigger than Felix. And for that reason, I think he presents the value in this race. Yeah, definitely. And also I think he has the potential still to put up the more impressive performance as well. When he's at his best. Felix is consistent, but that's exactly, that's only what he is. I think running at a, sort of lower yeah level. and and like he'll get a second or third i, I just don't yeah, think he'll yeah. win this race personally yeah i agree with you uh wholeheartedly okay let's move on to the three o'clock at ascot which is a very interesting race in which you want me to run through yeah why don't you go through the market <laughs> since yeah okay so since tris is gonna give the selection here on our behalf i'll run through the race so heading the market we've got Bellamy de piton for venetia williams at nine to two uh, then in there is Grand Sancy, 13-2. And Sam, who I've tipped before, for Evan Williams, 8-1, along with Caribbean Boy, Cloth Cap, 
Jerry's back, all eight to one too. You got Regal Encore in there at nine to one. Check it out, tens. Phoenix Way, uh, another in there for JP McManus at fourteen to one, along with Storm Control, and that's eighteen to one. Bar that. Yeah, so I had a had a really good look through this race, and and me and Charlie did talk about it. There are some interesting horses. Obviously, Regal Encore is coming back, having won this race twice. I think this time it might be one step too far, although I'll probably have uh, egg on my face, <laughs> as I usually say, uh, if that doesn't come out. Uh, Caribbean Boys, quite interesting, down a further three pounds, stepped up and tripped for Nikki, who's won this race a couple of times Nikki. in the last 10 years. Um, and Sam, obviously, you've tipped before. Young horses have a good record this race, but the trainer's not training very well at he, the moment. He didn't run badly though that last time. No, he didn't. He it didn't was a run. decent third. He led a long way around, and then it was. And actually, this switch back to fences here might uh, might also suit him. Um, but the one that really struck me as as being the sort of unexposed type, which I really like, uh, is Phoenix Way for Harry Fry. Now, this one at the end of last season finished fourth in the Grade One Novice Chase behind Protectorat, who we've, we've seen come out this season in flying form, um, winning a uh, winning a grade one already this season. Um, also in, in third place on that day at Aintree last season was Hitman, who came second in the, in the Tingle Creek. So although he was 10 lengths behind those, um, that's still a good piece of form. Comeback run this season wasn't bad and will have got him fit. Uh, Crucially, his ratings come down five pounds since last season to one forty. He's also got a handy three pound claim of Lorcan Murta, uh, who comes in for the ride, effectively taking him down to one three seven. Harry Fry, the trainer, is in flying form at the moment, going along at twenty five percent. This horse is definitely the most unexposed and lightly race horse in the field, but should be physically at his peak, given that he's now an eight year old. Um, JP Manis, we know, loves to gamble on Saturdays and it would not surprise me if he was drinking out of the silver cup on Saturday evening. I think think JP Manis likes to gamble any day, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) JP, when the fun stops, stop. No, but he's been having fun for years now. Um, okay, and right. you get what well, you get fourteen to one about that horse. Yeah, so you'll get fourteen really to one. Nice. So it's it's uh, it's a stroke of value as well. Um, More than a stroke of value, I'd say. It's a it's a lot of value. <laughs> it's a yeah, <laughs> heavy-handed value. Yeah, it's a bucket of value. Um, right, three thirty-five at Ascot, the Betfair Exchange Trophy, Grade Three uh, for these up-and-coming hurdlers. Uh, one mile seven and a half furlongs is the trip. No ordinary Joe currently heads the market for Nicky Henderson at fours. We've got West Cork who won obviously at uh, Cheltenham last time for the Skeletons 11 to two. Samarative who won very recently um, last weekend, in fact, at Sandown uh, or two weeks ago, even at six to one. One more for the road comes in at tens. Benson at 11s. Goshen who Al Russell unsuccessfully tipped up last time, uh, 12 to one alongside Luttrell Ladd. Gary Clermont, 14s alongside Tritonic, and they're 16 to one bar those. Complicated race? Uh, it's complicated in the sense, yeah, no, it is complicated. A few of these run against each other. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of form lines sort of tying in with one another. 
And there's also the fact that you basically wouldn't let me try and pick the one that I want to pick. Well, I'm quite happy for you to pick him, mate. I, I, I just wanted to sort of, you know, show no, you okay. that there were other horses running the race. <laughs> if we could put it like that. I basically just came in after having looked at the race for like 30 seconds. And I want this one. So Yeah, and I was like, are you sure? Okay, just for context, the, the two horses are one more for the road and Samaritive. Uh West Cork's also pretty good. Yeah, but we're not no no, this isn't in the conversation. Fair enough. I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna say one more for the road is 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 a good bet at ten to one. Uh and I think that's because well mainly because I think that three pound rise he's got for that win at Newbury last time against Captain Morgs. Yeah. Uh, soaring glory and and Gower Road. Yeah, they were all winners the time before. It was a really strong race at the time, and actually like quite muddling. No one really knew what was going on. They were all winners the time before, and he's gone out and beat them. That uh, so both Soaring Glory and Captain Morgs had form ties with other horses within this race. That would suggest that one more for the road has the beating of them as well. So the likes of Benson, for example. Yeah. And Gary Claremont both Understood. have form ties with the the beaten horses from the Nuba race that day. So I think that one more for the uh one more for the road has quite a lot of these covered. Also very unexposed as well, I suppose that's another point to mention. Uh the one slight problem I did have, I mean Neil King isn't really in form at the moment. Uh whereas Paul Nichols with Samaritive certainly is so that would be a concern i guess but yeah. i'm just willing i basically i sort of it's probably more that i just wanted to go against you but <laughs> and, uh, and being the younger the four-year-old might count against samaritan yeah. in this race and, and we got briny on board so i want yeah a we win want to win is, is uh is definitely no bad thing yeah yeah okay <sighs> okay can you please yeah is that all right one more for the road yeah i'll join you there <laughs> let's go um cool that's quickly wraps up the four races that we're going to look at so i just have one more quick thing i got a message uh this week from jamie radford and he's clearly looking for redemption after after an abysmal tipping display <laughs> last weekend <laughs> uh and he sent me there's one in at the 145 ascot tomorrow there's a horse called red rookie he tips out to me at, I think, 9-2. to two. It's already down to 11-4 to four now uh, for Emma Lavelle with Tom Bellamy on board. This thing will win, and you'd be silly not to back it, basically, is what Jamie said. So a recovery, this, this either, yeah, this a recovery either gets him in more trouble. It either gets him in more trouble with our followers, or he redeems himself and everyone yeah. makes stacks on this. So Jamie Radford good looking luck, Jim. for redemption. Let's go for a quick break. Yes, now I need a break. Um, and we'll see you in a second. So, we've now got to the point in the episode where we are going to introduce our guest for this week. So with us today, she's a racehorse lover, one of the most up, exciting up-and-coming TV presenters in the sport, recently taking the award for Emerging Talent at the Horse Race Media Awards. 
and hopefully she's going to give us some of the exclusive insight into one of the most exciting jumps horses in training. Jess Stafford, thanks so much for coming on and welcome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor. Um, I've seen all the guests that you've had on over the last while and um, I'm delighted to be a part of it. So thank you for asking me. Not at all. Just for a bit of context for our listeners, um, can you first tell us a bit about what your affiliation with racing is uh, and also how the hell you've ended up on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can tell me. That's an interesting story, I think, Chris. Um, I so my affiliation with racing you could probably see around me I'm in a room full of horses everywhere my uh, I'm lucky that my parents um started Thurlow Thoroughbreds when I was three or four um so I haven't had much choice really it's just been all around me um Thurlow is a racehorse syndicates and we buy horses for people syndicate them out manage them uh, race plan um, I do a lot of the bloodstock work, so I buy a lot of the horses. Um, but, you know, I did normal life. Like I went to school, uh, went to university and kind of didn't want to. I wanted to try something else. I love all sport. I could have done anything in any other sport. I just wanted to. I knew that racing would be there behind me at some point. Um, so I tried to get involved in football and to rugby, which I did for a little bit. But racing just came back to me. Um, and I think when you love something, you're good at it it's a, a natural progression back into it. So I was lucky to get a job at Betfair a few years ago, um, which was really awesome. I worked with a lot of like, a um, lot of good sponsors, a lot of good race courses, um, some really great ambassadors, including Paul Nichols. Um, wow. And it was a great insight into racing. Like I could not en- encourage it more, even though the the betting world is quite a, uh, you know, a bit of the necessary evil in the sport sometimes. For me, it was a great insight into a very important aspect of it as well. I still don't really understand what I tried. My my job was to market the Betfair Exchange, um, oh, really? which I yeah, which is which is pretty like a big big world out there in terms of Betfair, and it was very like it's so important to get it. Um, so I did that for a few years, and then managed to get a comment out in LA with TVG, um, who do the all the, they're like the racing TV of America, and when so I was proper there, proper globe trotting, really, you're a bit of a globe trotter of the no. uh, the modern <laughs> racing world. No, not really, not really at all. I just get, <laughs> I just found some opportunities and try to push some doors down when I get them. Um, yeah. But anyway, the long story short is that I'm now at Racing TV, where I've been for the last year as a junior presenter. So it means I'm doing a lot of the lesser race tracks, but it's a great opportunity. As I'm, I think sometimes the the worse the racing, the bigger the challenge it is to make it entertaining and interesting. And I've really enjoyed it. Like I'm at Kempton tomorrow evening for an eight race card, pretty poor racing, but it's, it, it makes it a little bit more of a challenge and it still means a lot to someone somewhere. And I think everyone um, can get behind that. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, but also it's opened me up since I've become a presenter to do more work for Thurlow. So I'm doing a lot more for mum and dad, buying a lot more horses, being a lot more part of the process um and this year it's been good and that's where I met you Tris at the third dinner whenever it was about three weeks ago um and Indeed. 
you are you did ask me one of the first things you asked was please can I come on this podcast <laughs> yeah. of course I I am duly obliged um and love um very pleased <laughs> to be a part of it but it would have been I reckon this time last year you wouldn't have had had me on we haven't had a huge amount to talk about for a while um but this year it's been a little bit different which wow, has been it's, a, it's, a welcome change <laughs> it's serious it's seriously exciting I mean Buzz has properly shown himself to be one of the best uh, up and coming stairs uh, around at the moment. A bit of context for our listeners on this horse, uh, trained by Nikki Henderson, who, as everyone knows, is a friend of the podcast. Uh, won the Cesarovich handicap, which is arguably the biggest staying handicap in the sport, obviously on the flat at Newmarket. Also, last time, won the Coral Hurdle, the Ascot Hurdle, um, obviously at Ascot. Uh, beating Song for Someone and Guard Your Dreams, who finished first and second in the international hurdle on Saturday. So mm. clearly some very strong form. Let's go back to the start. Um, you mentioned you were involved in buying the Thurlow horses. Were you, invo- were you involved in, in buying this one? No, I actually wasn't. So I, you know, I Buzz is one who obviously is a dual purpose horse, an ex horse from the flat from um, Huey Morrison. We went around by trying to look for a syndicate. He's he had two other horses in the syndicate at the time. There's only one other now, um, and I always I'm very heavily involved with the yearlings that we buy. Um, love pedigrees. Love going to those sales. Buying jumpers nowadays is really hard, as you, as it's well documented. And um, trying to find something for a bit of value, mm. trying to find something that will convert from their flat form into jump form, all of that. So it was a slightly harder task. Um, but Huey Morrison is a good friend yeah. and is um, great in terms of information he get gives us, and we've had done really well with him in the past. And he did not want to sell Buzz, um, but the syndicate that owned him, a group of a group of guys that owned him, they wanted to disperse. It came to the point at his four-year-old career that they either wanted to go jumping or stay on the flat. And they both, the, they, literally they were separated in two. Um, so they decided to disperse, take the horse to the sales as a wild card at Goffs, um, a smaller national hunt, uh, horse and training type sale uh, that, kind of went off the radar I think people didn't notice he was there whereas the horse and training sales at Newmarket it's like a cesspit everyone knows that these yeah. are the best types of horses that you could buy so he went in as a wild card and he it was kind of a little bit last minute so I wasn't a part of it at all he just went with dad and dad sent Anthony Bromley up to Doncaster to buy it on our behalf and actually funny story is that I saw Paul Nichols last week at the awards and he said to me he's like we were underbidder and we didn't buy him because we didn't think he would shape into a proper hurdler. And because he didn't know Huey as well, we did. He didn't have that information. So it yeah, kind yeah, of, we yeah. were lucky. We were so lucky that he didn't end up at Paul Nichols with someone else, some big owner. Um, but yeah, that was that was why we ended up buying him for 80,000, which looks like a pretty good value now. But he was a very different type of horse then to what he looks like now and i feel like getting there. i feel like he's becoming a bit of a people's horse now do you know what i do you know what i mean yeah i'd like to hope so although having said that there are two schools of thought there are people that really don't can't get on board with him at all um and there are people that that can and it's also people who thinks that he will stay and the people that think that he won't um 
but that gives me a little bit more fire in my belly and I get so wound up when people are negative about him um so that's why it's even more satisfying when he proves them wrong yeah because I mean it must almost be like someone you know not liking a member of your family oh yeah as a child <laughs> yeah it's all, of that, all of that I'm very proud but I also feel like he has this time last year when he was running in handicaps and he ran on this Saturday coming at Ascot and he was second to not so sleepy. He tries so hard. He's very brave, but he was just kept on running in these handicaps and off big weights and never really able to show him what, show everyone what I thought he was capable of. Um, and I mentioned that I do a lot of the race planning. That's why he ended up running in the grade one at Aintree at the end of the season, because I just, dad and I just said, we've got to give him the opportunity to try a better class of race. And we'll never know without giving it a go. We missed Cheltenham for a reason because there just wasn't a race right for him. And we went to Aintree for that, Aintree hurdles opposed to the handicap. Um, and James Bowen got off in the moment. He's, the first thing he said to me was like, this horse needs three miles. So ever since Ooh. then, I've been pretty, I've been pretty confident about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just getting everyone else on board. I love it. It's seriously exciting. What's the current price, Chai, for Stairs Hurdle? Is it eight to one? I think it's eight yeah. to one. Are you getting any better I think, than that? I think he's a bit short. I think he could be a bit shorter. Ooh. I think he could be, yeah, I think he could be about 13 to two. I'm not sure. Is that because you've been Probably... putting some big bets on, Jess? <laughs> I I actually don't back any of our horses. I'm a good gambler. Like I, I, like, I gamble every weekend, most days, really, but I don't, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I've only had a bet on him once, and that was at Aintree when he was twenty to one when he was second because I just thought it was just ex- like good value. Big. That is good mm. value. Let's should we talk a bit about Saturday now? Um, so obviously the long walk hurdle coming up, big grade one for you guys to aim at. Uh, last year was a very exciting race between Time Hill and Paisley Park. Paisley Park really seems to have sort of fallen by the wayside. Um, Charlie described him using what word was it earlier? What did I use? I, uh, I think he just said he. <laughs> 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 well, that might be a bit harsh, but uh, but he yeah he hasn't quite had a, the stellar season that that some people were hoping or expecting. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Jess? What, I mean, what would you say is the biggest opposition? We've got Buzz, we've got Champ, obviously, and potentially on the blind side. So you've got two of Nikki's horses uh, even running against Buzz. Time Hill, uh, Paisley Park. You can have Ronald Pump coming over. Um, even Listen Gar Oscar, 25 to 1. Stairs Hurdle champion from, uh, what was it, 2019. I mean, mm. it's a pretty competitive race. So who would you see as the biggest danger? Yeah, it is. It's a good race. Uh, Don Levant as well, who won at Haydock, course, which yeah. was the race that Paisley Park ran it, won a few years ago on yeah. route while he was on his upgrade and I don't think you can discount any of them I actually agreed with Nikki Henderson's comment yesterday was it wasn't about the opposition it's just about whether he stays from Buzz's that. perspective because if he can stay it I'm not yeah. too concerned about it I think he's a horse that's thriving at the moment and he's in really good form he worked on Saturday with John Bon and No Ordinary Joe both two milers so they're speedy yeah he had to give them both two stone because reggie who you met Tris, yeah, yeah. is um a bigger guy um so it was quite hard work for him but he 
he put it up to them as best as he could because he does have that speed and he's unusual in that these stayers in this lineup are grinders and they're quite their boats they're slow uh, yeah. and paisley park that's essentially what he is now he's getting slower and slower he probably needs yeah. further than three miles champ is that i'm they're like yeah. flying the ointment i i have to admit i wasn't overly excited to hear that this is the route that he was going down <laughs> yeah. um i sort of have known about it for a bit he hasn't been obviously his jumping has really let him down over fences but he's one of those horses that's spot on like one in every 10 days and that's what they tell me as well so what kind of champ we're going to get is the real question but he's a grade one Cheltenham festival winning horse yeah uh, he's got an engine very good even if he can't jump that well he's got there's an engine yeah. un- under there he's a very good novice hurdler as well um time hill's a funny one he's a nearly horse for me but again he's a confirmed three mile horse um, Florian Porter is uh, not Florian Porter. Ronald Pump is a bit of a second horse. He keeps bumping into one. Yeah. So yeah, as I said, it's not that I'm there's one horse that I'm really worried about. It's just I focus on our horse and what I think he needs to do. And I think I think if Nico is gets gets it right and he just needs to run the same race as he did last time. Um it's just whether he can stay that extra f- five furlongs, essentially, which... Fingers crossed. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I get meet people every day who say one or the other, and I'm constantly having the, having to listen to their opinions on it. And it's interesting, and I, I get both yeah. sides. Well, I think we were... I mean, one thing that's really in Buzz's favour is the, the fact that he can go on any ground, it seems. Um, I mean, what would you say is his, his sort of favoured have favored conditions yeah it's a good question so uh this time last year we were panicking about heavy ground at ascot on saturday and i remember getting to the betford exchange handicap the hurdle and nikki was wanting to pull him out it was really testing and he loved it he really he really relished it but that was over two miles but then uh, for the cesarewich I've never been so stressed. I get very stressed, um, but I never <laughs> was as stressed as I was in the week between before that because I was at the sales anyway, waiting for the rain to come and it wasn't coming. And up until that day, we were worried about him running. And I, I sent a voice note to Oshin on the Friday when he got banned of that drinking thing. And I said to him, I was like, right, not the best timing uh, with tomorrow, but I hope it gives you the best opportunity to sit and work out how you're going to win on him essentially. But my biggest and worry sober is up the as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't. Don't worry. I could tell him what it, how it was. And I said, look, it, it was. It he, he like this is he's got his whole jump season ahead of him. So please look after him because I don't like. There's no point jarring him up. He's got quite bad knees, quite arthritic knees. Um, but he loved it. Didn't seem to worry him at all. And it's actually made me think that he'd rather better ground than yeah, softer yeah. ground. But I think I think this weekend soft ground is fine. So, well, I we, think, as you say, it's all right. We can't wait. Obviously, Buzz is going to be a pretty hot favourite. Um, so hopefully, it'll be a nice short price winner for, for all of our listeners. Um, Charlie, anything else you want to add to the conversation about Buzz? Um, no, I'm pretty happy with uh, with what everything Jess has given us. It's, uh, it's nice to get some insight from someone, obviously, who knows the horse so well. Um, because you know, as you say, obviously everyone has an opinion, right? But but 
only the people closest to the animal know the animal best really so yeah you know everyone can talk but it's great actually to get it from someone who who really knows the horse well so yeah that was that was great insight thank you for that and that's why i really really want buzz to stay and i do think he will <laughs> um oh, not just for our thanks. listeners but 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 for for you guys because you guys put so much time in yeah uh and should be rewarded in my opinion thank you well let's hope so and as i said i should always mention that the 25 percent of his winnings which are going to chat going to the royal mars, mars and cats charity which has been great and he's earned a lot of money already um, and we all probably know someone that's connected to the Royal yeah, Marsden or at least the Tide Cancer. So it's a, it's been an even better, more satisfying part of it. You guys think that it's worked. <laughs> you guys, I mean, you've almost donated as much to the Royal Marsden as you have, you know, the amount of money that you bought Buzz for. So sort of, what was it, 50, 53,000 you gave at the dinner the other night? Yeah, and that was only for the last year. So incredible. we've actually probably about 75. So you're right. He's And Achilles, who's the filly who's on the flat with Andrew Balding, and I actually went to see her today on her holiday. She is by Zoffany out of a Sadler's Wells mare, and we like to hope if we get her some black type, we'll be able to sell her next year, right? Um, and that will even, that will help as well. So they've been two good horses that have, done good things but i reckon if we'd known that they were going to raise so much money we might not have made the percentage so big you, you, ne- <laughs> you never uh, you never earn so much prize yeah, money, so it's like it's just the way it is but it, it's, it's a good thing it is it is and um you know it's so great that you guys are doing it for for such a good cause yeah um let's move on to a thing that we did with tom curry which we actually haven't done since but we want to start doing again it's our quick fire Q and A. <laughs> oh God! Okay, I asked so, you if I need to repair anything. Well, you told me it's, no. It's better. It's better it, if you don't. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hopefully, there's not too much lag. Uh. There are six questions. Yeah, I think. Just trying to read it off my phone. Okay. Um. Let's begin. Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton? Max Verstappen. Oh. Epsom Derby or Cheltenham Gold Cup? Cheltenham Gold Cup. Strictly Come Dancing or the Great British Bake Off? Great British Bake Off. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Night in or night out? Night out. Does Buzz win the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't answer that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You can answer that one for me. (laughs) Uh, What do you think, Charlie? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we'll go for yes. That's good. That wraps up the quick fire Q and A. Um I had a question about your uh far out who's with Willie Mullins that ran in the Royal Bond the other day, finishing fourth. Um entered up on the twenty seventh as far as I'm aware. What are his plans uh if things go well there? Yeah, he's um, well spotted. He did run really well. I went over to Ferry House to see him run. Um, and I was very impressed by the size of him. Physically, he's a very nice horse. He's only four by Dark Angel. Which is and weird. They don't... Really weird. Really <laughs> weird. He, I mean, he, the star of Batash and Harry Angel. Yeah, yeah. But Silver Streaks by Dark Angel. So it yeah. can be done. Um, but it was that was a pretty smart move by my dad to try and find a horse that was not an obvious type that was came out of france but um 
he obviously won at Galway at the festival and won one before at Cork and he showed a lot of class. He just needs a lot of maturing to do mentally. He's very on his toes beforehand. He'd not seen so many people before because of lockdown and things and Ferry House was busy that day. So I was a bit concerned by how free he was and he didn't really settle at all. Um, but he did jump a lot better, which was important. And he's actually done very well out off the back of that. And we spoke to Willie Mullins yesterday, who's delighted with him. And I found a good race for him for four-year-olds only at Limerick over Christmas. It's a grade two. But he said, no, I want him to ride, run him in the future champ, future novices hurdle race that you've seen there. Yeah. Future champion novices yeah, at yeah. Leopardstown, the grade one. Willie's such a fascinating character. He wants all of his young horses to run together. Um, he thinks it's worthwhile and then it sorts the wheat from the chaff really and then a lot of his horses turn into um, into chases anyway yeah. um, so it's just keeping them at that level and giving them the competitiveness that he thinks are good for them at that age and he's apparently done very very well um, I won't I'm not going to be massively overconfident I think he goes under the radar I actually thought he could be a horse for something like the Betfair Hurdle um, or like a yeah, or yeah. a coral cup or something like that because novices do so well at Cheltenham, um, but he might go a little bit less noticed than the other the other types because he, his profile is not as sexy as the others. But he's a lovely, lovely horse. Um, I'm actually involved with a horse, Grangi, who I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen the, the filly. Um, she's entered in that race as well. She's a proper proper mare in the making as well. So. Um, but far out definitely is one to keep an eye out on, but he's only young and I think he's going to get better, better with time. Lovely. So another one there for our listeners to keep an eye on. Um, moving towards the end of our, our chat, I was just wondering if you had any antipost tips for Cheltenham that you've got your eye on. Obviously Constitution <laughs> Hill was, uh, was one from a few weeks ago, but the price, <laughs> the price has been, uh, slashed quite significantly after his debut yeah yeah, I think that was probably you helped that as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fascinating Constitution Hills uh, um, a horse that we definitely weren't meant to know about so we've got one person in particular to thank for that um, but I don't think he's going to give us any other horses for a long time <laughs> yeah. um, a very, a very shrewd, almost lost um, his job <laughs> yeah no he's fine he's a very shrewd member of the Nicky Anderson team um Anti-post, well, I think Grangy, that's who I who I mentioned just there for yeah. the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Um, there are two, actually. Um, her, and I really like um, a horse for the Mayor's Chase, the new race, Silver Forever, of Paul Nichols's. She fractured her pelvis and was out all of last year and came back and won first time out after nearly two years off at Newbury. Um in an open race, um, beating, I, I think it was one of Skelton's, but I was very impressed with her jumping and what they've done to get her back. Now, Nichols isn't that familiar. I, he, I can't remember how many top, top, top quality mares he's trained. You guys probably know. But I think that this is a, quite an unusual type for him, and I think he likes the challenge of it. And she's about 25 to 1 for that mares race. So I really like, I really like that. I think it's very early to get too overexcited by a lot of them. Apart from Constitution um, I, Hill. Apart from Constitution <laughs> yeah. Hill, who I bat at 33s, but I worry he might go to the Ballymore. Um, but yeah, it's a slightly early, because I get, I get really, I get, I love all the handicaps, like trying to solve those puzzles. 
Um, it's just a bit early, I think. And then, yeah, yeah Granji for the Mares, Novice's Hurdle. I think she'll be given um, a similar ride to the horse that Rachel Blackmore won on last year called um, uh, the Kenny Alexander Colours, um, name of the song, I forget it. But Ooh, she will get given the same sort of ride. And I think that that will really play in her strengths. And I just think she will relish jumping at Chatham because she's a very naturally good j- jumper. Very, very exciting. Um, you have one more thing to say, which I've got written down Did here. I? Oh, God, I've forgotten. About something that happened really? on our Twitter earlier today. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, so Jess, you, uh, you work with Lydia Hislop. Uh, she also won an award, I believe, didn't she, last... Uh, uh, was it last week, the award ceremony? Um, mm-hmm. And we... Well, actually, it was Tris who did it, but we basically uh, commented on one of Lydia's tweets the other day uh, and said that we'd love to get her on the podcast. No, well, it was actually we'd, we we first of all we'd uh, we'd we'd backed her up because she's got oh, this yes, guy who's correct. basically been uh, harassing her online, and she's dealt with it very well by sort of uh, just quote tweeting him with quite funny things. And uh, <laughs> we said that we love uh, female comment uh, sort of female presenters, yeah, and, and uh, we'd love to get her on, but she said. Uh, you know, thanks for the offer, but I'm too busy. <laughs> oh, how disappointing! So, oh, we can definitely, we can definitely twist her arm. Uh, but she was one of the non-believers in Buzz, and I was very pleased that in her Road to Cheltenham um, program a couple of weeks ago, she, they both, her and Ruby, admitted that she that they were wrong, Ooh. which is nice. Yeah, I was say, um, yeah. But uh, so she owes she. Owes, yeah, I think I think she's got a little bit more respect for it all now because she definitely didn't think he would stand Zarwich either. Um, but I will ask her the next time I see her. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe that, a slow burn. that might be. <laughs> we, uh, we look forward to it a yeah. lot. Um, <laughs> lovely. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's really been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. What a lovely interview that w- was with Jess. So many interesting stories uh, about her relationship with Buzz and literally can't wait to see the horse run this weekend fingers crossed for everyone at the Thurlow Syndicate Uh, I know it would be so special and would prove a lot of his doubters uh, wrong including Lydia Hislop who we want to prove wrong yeah Um, that's all from us today we hope that this episode has been enjoyable for you guys please do keep in touch with us on Instagram and we will see you next week it's a goodbye from me tris and it's a goodbye from me as well charlie (laughs) goodbye bye